This is The Business Machine. We talk with small business owners and entrepreneurs to get their advice on how they run their machines. These inspirational leaders share with us some of the tools they use to run their machines and talk about some of the mistakes they made along the way and what they learned. As business owners, we're all trying to fuel our machines, create a great team and put tools in place so that eventually our machines will run themselves. So get ready. Up next, the business machines firing up. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Business Machine. Like I said, the month of January is podcast madness is what we're calling it. We're going to release a bunch of these at the time because I know you've just been so bored these last couple of months and you have nothing better to do. And now, don't worry, Business Machine is back. And we've got another exciting guest. And Alexandria Agresta is here, and she is really uh, going to get us to talk about purpose. And we're all looking for purpose, not just in our uh, daily lives, but also in work. And I think it's a really key factor, especially with the millennials. And we'll get that to that, I'm sure, throughout this. And Alexandria believes in creating purposeful communities where people feel a sense of belonging and are empowered to create real human connection. Alexandria's why led her to become an advocate for incorporating the human element back into the modern business practices. Her leadership and teaching on these principles has earned her recognition by top leaders within Central Florida, much warmer there than it is here in Michigan. She is the co-founder of Purpose Pioneers. Check out the website. It's outstanding. We'll go over that today as well. A purpose-first company that empowers organizations to help their employees find meaning in their work. And that's really important. You guys know how important that is to me and having employees really love what they do. So Alex, thanks for joining us today. I am so excited to be here, man. I feel famous with that incredible introduction. <laughs> I know. And that's one of the things we were talking earlier. Like I hate when people read my bio, like when I'm standing there, like at conferences, but then I want somebody to read it when I walk in the door at home, you know, <laughs> because then my kids and my wife will actually think I'll, I'm pretty cool. My wife won't, but my kids might. Yeah, I need like a walk-on song yeah. too. And Alex is here and she is, <laughs> everything's okay. Love it. <laughs> so Alex, you're in Florida and somebody comes up to you and this is always a complicated question for many entrepreneurs and business owners, but what, and they come up to you and they say, hey, you know, so what do you do? What do you tell them? So I'm going to flip that question. I start with why do you do? I'm I like a big that fan of starting with my why. I learned all that from Simon Sinek. Yep. So right off the bat, I go, well, let me tell you what I believe in. So at Purpose Pioneers, we believe in finding meaning in every single thing you do to experience fulfillment in real time. So real time fulfillment means we're not waiting for a paycheck. We're not waiting for the weekend. We're not waiting, waiting for summer vacation. We experience fulfillment every single moment. We're that intrinsically motivated. We're excited. And how we find meaning is aligning our actions, our thoughts, our feelings with our purpose. So that why led us to start Purpose Pioneers. And at Purpose Pioneers, we empower forward-thinking organizations to adopt the purpose-first mindset to help both their employees and customers find meaning in their work and in their purchases. So we understand why purpose is important to me personally. Like I can imagine if I had a job and I've heard this a lot that there's really no purpose to it. There's, I feel like I'm just working and checking in, checking out, things like that. But, mm -hmm. and I think we can figure out why that is important for the companies, but I do want to talk about that. But why do you think it's important for the person individually to feel that? What's that do for them? And then ultimately what's it do for the company? Oh, such a great question. So we talk a lot about, you know, personal life, work life, and I'm a big believer that there is, that there's no separation. We're right. the same human being at, in, at work and at home. So 
and, and the thing is we work, what, 80 to 90% of our entire lives. I might work 100% of my life. I love working. <laughs> um, so we have to go to work feeling excited, feeling intrinsic, intrinsic motivation, feeling that purpose from when I leave my work, my home door to my work door. And when we have purpose, it actually makes us want to work harder. We're loyal for the company. Um, we might you know, rise up the ranks quickly because we're so deeply connected to the company's purpose because we're able to fulfill our personal purpose at work. It creates that culture of meaning, which is key to sustainability and thriving in the new economy. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting because that the you know the millennial talk for me gets me a little frustrated because we work our staff is is you know composed of a lot of millennials if not the majority of them are, and we we have zero complaints about them because we understand that that they you know money is important and and mm-hmm. you know don't let anybody tell you that that's not an important factor to them because it is, but also they want to feel like. It, the purpose is definitely, and also that they're making a difference somehow yeah. in that yes. company and somehow they're making a difference and not just volunteering out in the community, which is important, but somehow their voice within the company means and matters. Yes. You're so right. Like, I'm so glad you understand that because millennials aren't lazy. They're, they're not entitled. I am a millennial. I'm right. on the younger end of a millennial and I am not lazy. I work 12 hours a day, sometimes late into the night. I do not feel a sense of entitlement. I don't feel like I, you know, need or deserve anything. I want to work hard for it. It's just millennials want purpose. They want meaning in what they do and they want to feel like their voice is heard. And if leaders can just really understand that simple concept and empathize, I bet the leader will realize, man, I want the same thing. I want meaning. I want purpose. I want to feel like my voice is heard. And then we, that generational gap is, is, it just goes away because at the core, we're really all the same. Yeah. And I think it's hard for leaders, especially if they're um, a little bit older because they, I don't think it's that they don't want to provide that or they, it's just, it's so different because it used to be, all right, I'm going to work from nine to five or eight to five. As soon as I walk out that door, then I'm just, that's it. Work-life balance. You know, there's Mm -hmm. nothing I don't think about work and I walk away. But they don't really know how to do that. Yep. And so how do you, how do you get the how? Like there's gotta be, and I know it's just not easy. You know, we can't just say, we'll just do this. Everything's fixed. That'd be great. (laughs) You wouldn't have a company, but, um, (laughs) so how do you do that? And what's a good step? I know we can't go over all of them, but what is a way as a leader who's out there listening going, you know, I've got a lot of millennials. I know they want this. I don't even know what this means. Mm -hmm. So, Really, the first part is the embracing. So it's embracing a will, an embrace and a willingness to adopt new mindsets. And really, the how is mental models. And a mental model is just a, a mental way of thinking. So you're totally right. I don't think you know people beyond millennials don't want purpose, or they don't want to give their millennials purpose or meaning. It's just they don't have the how. And our brain kind of fills in the gaps when we sense something that we've never done before. Um, and it just fills in the gaps with things we already know. So if these leaders have a willingness and embrace to sit in a workshop or hire someone who can help them with leadership development or adopt a new way um, of making mm-hmm. decisions, mm-hmm. Um, it's all about the mental models. Those are the hows. And then the what's are processes. So something really cool at Purpose Pioneers, we have purpose processes. Because any company over 25 people, you need a process around everything or it might just get swept under the rug. So if we can operationalize purpose, it makes the HR team, uh, leadership team, it's like a breath of fresh air. Like, man, okay, I'm connected to it. I can do it. And I actually have the how and the what to get it done. 
can we find purpose in even the most minute details and, and things that, you know, we're at work, like, there's no way that this can have a purpose outside of here. Um, are there ways to do that? Maybe not with everything, but are there ways to, to find purpose in a lot of things that you're doing at work that seem like, eh, this is, this is not purpose driven? Hell yes. Cool. We I, I was find... hoping you were going to say that. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm going to give you a quick little example. So, uh, accountants. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> I have a friend who's an accountant, you know, millennial young, doesn't really like the job cause she's just doing, you know, Excel spreadsheets and sure. all that stuff. Sure. And my business partner, Thomas goes, what if she knew every single line item on that Excel spreadsheet was helping someone in Africa get fed. And I was like, Oh, yeah. oh my God, she would probably be cranking out those Excel spreadsheets. So if, if a leader and an organization is infusing purpose into every single process, into every single meeting, getting that energy really high, there will be purpose in the most minute, smallest things that you would never think possible, like an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah, and I like that because I like how you're relating. We're working with somebody and, and one of our clients is a process and he's a Six Sigma in process and, and, and he loves it. He thinks everything is a process from getting up in the morning to, you know, and it's so out of my realm. Like I'm totally left-sided. I'm like, ugh, process, blah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm having my staff make me do it, which is, which is pretty much everything here they make me do. But um, this, it's interesting though, because when he really lays it out, he's like, you know what, if you have a process and it's, it's not perfect, it probably never will be perfect, but at least you can look back and every little piece of that process, every little step in that process can be fixed and changed, deleted, added to whatever. So I think you could do the same thing with this is every little tiny detail, if you apply a little bit of purpose to it, well, you know what, if it's done this way, look what this could do. And I think that's kind of very entwined with this process and purpose, correct? Yeah, you're totally right. And I used to be totally free spirited. Like I, I am free spirited, but in terms of my structure, I'm like, oh, I don't need structure. Oh, yeah, I can do I can do this my own way. But <laughs> yeah. um, it's cool. I'm coming into like a, a new me and I have a newfound love for processes and structure because I, I feel like, you know, in this mental model world, we're cre- I'm creating all these new mental models uh, you know, humans need structure. They need structure to be able to harness it. And then maybe they can add that free spirit and I'm going to do it my way now. But we need that structure and possibly a process, maybe like a light process first. Um, they really do work. They help us harness all these new ways of thinking. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I like as part of the process or the purpose first approach that you talk about, too, is that piece mm-hmm. that starts at the really beginning, which is so important. And I find as a CEO and as we're starting to get more and more employees that I have to be thinking about the way I'm communicating to the staff, because the way I react to things and I'm better at it now than I used to be can really have an effect down the line. And so that authentic communication piece, I think, is a learned behavior. Define for us what is authentic communication in your mind. Awesome question. So <laughs> before before we can even think about infusing purpose and all these processes and new ways of thinking, we have to create space to invite new truths into yep. our world and to put new truths out into the world. So what authentic communication is, is it lowers people def- people's defenses and it invites people in. So instead of going, Brian, you're a jerk because you didn't answer my email. True. That doesn't really create space for you to go, man, what's going on? Like, I'm really sorry, or this is what really was happening. So what authentic communication is, it starts with the root fear. So what was the fear around, um, you know, you not answering my email? Maybe I wasn't feeling significant. Uh, Maybe, you know, I feel like you weren't 
um, treating me like a good friend and I really value our friendship. So it's figuring out that root fear so we can become incredibly self-aware around our defenses and our fears. And then when we state our fear, it creates space for people to go, oh man, I am really sorry. I did not know that it affected you that way. Here's what was really happening. And then let's figure it out together. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm finding that fear is a big part in entrepreneurs and business owners lives and in mine. I mean, it is the fear of of starting a task because you don't know if it's going to go well, calling the client that really maybe wasn't happy with the last last thing that you did. And so that's a big piece. But really having that dialogue and that communication that just kind of is open to say, look, yeah, you're right. I should have responded to that email. And here's why I didn't. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, it's just keeping that, that space Yeah. and, and also asking questions, asking questions yeah, creates space too. as well. Yep. Yeah. And that's a good sales technique too. So there's some CEOs and big business owners out there that are probably in their fifties or sixties and going, Ooh, space, authentic <laughs> communication. This sounds a little too fluffy for me. I'm not doing that. <laughs> so, but what we can do is we can say, all right, this is how it affects your bottom line. Cause that's what we're all looking for. And, and, and granted, um, we have a purpose here at Michigan creative. We want to do great things for our employees. That's our purpose. And you know, we can see that going forward, but we also, in order to do great things for our employees, we've got to have cash flow. We've got to have sales. So a business owner wants to go great. How is this going to affect my ROI? What's the ROI of this purpose first? So ROI for purpose first, it's a few things. So lost productivity. So if people are not coming to work excited or intrinsically mm-hmm. motivated, they're not going to do their work. Sure. And I believe it's around $330 billion in lost productivity last year. Um, so that's one. Putting purpose first uh, increases the bottom line by making your employees more productive yep. and increasing team morale. Second, the um, millennial workforce is about 50% of the workforce right now. It costs between thirty and $50,000 per millennial turnover. Yep. And there is very high turnover, millennial turnover rates in the corporate world. Yeah, they don't stick so, around. Yeah, they don't stick around because they don't have that meaning and purpose. So we get that down. We get that way, 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 way down. Um, so I would say purpose really focuses on the productivity, the team morale, and the turnover rates. And then what, what we're doing is... Um, we want to actually figure out a way to actually measure purpose um, with our own with our own metrics. So that's something we're working on right now to create some sort of tool to be able to measure the purpose. God, I can see some CEOs that would love that if they had a yeah. tool. Because then really, if you think about it, purpose, if that works, people are excited to come to work and they're working harder and better and their lives are better at work. Then your customers are happy. Then you're sales go up and, and then you can pay your millennials more and they're happy and they're making more money. So it should work. But if you could measure it, that would be a win. Oh, game over. Oh, game yeah. over at yeah. that time. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Brian here real quick. This episode of The Business Machine is sponsored by the one and only Michigan Creative. That's right. Michigan Creative sponsors this Business Machine podcast for now. So if you have other sponsors that would be willing to sponsor our little Business Machine Podcast. It's a great resource for business owners across the globe. And this one is sponsored by us here at Michigan Creative. Michigan Creative is a full-service marketing and design firm in Lansing, Michigan. We provide mobile-friendly websites, digital marketing, video production, branding, graphic design, and much, much more. So we'd love to work with you uh, wherever you are, and we really just want to talk to you. So if you want to just talk to us here at Michigan Creative, you can call me. My cell phone is 517 899 Four five three three, or just visit michigancreative.com. All right, back to the show.
Let's go back a little bit too, because I want to hear about your origin story and, and um, how you really got into this, because it's one thing to believe and have purpose, I think, but then it's a whole nother thing to go, you know, it's that classic story. You're really good at this purpose thing and you really should start a business doing purpose. So how did you make that decision to do that? So it kind of went just like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it did. Yeah. So my co-founder Thomas and I, we work out of the same co-working space in Orlando. It's called Canvas. Very cool. And he moved in um, about two years ago. He started a, a social enterprise company. And then I moved in about one year later. And we just hit it off. We became best friends. We were always talking about really, really deep, deep things about life. We would stay at this co-working space until like 2 a.m. and <laughs> be lost in the clouds. Very cool. <laughs> so we were just really passionate about living a fulfilling life. We both had had jobs in our past that we did not like. And we both realized like, man, life's life's too short. So let's make it long. Cool. So we both had our individual companies. He had the social enterprise. I had a community engagement company. They were both tech companies. And we realized like, man, it takes a lot to build a technology platform. And this is going to take a long time and cost a lot of money. Like, what can we do now? that is even more fulfilling and we don't need to build something around tech. So we joined forces and we created Purpose Pioneers and we were like, you know what, if we can find meaning and purpose in our lives and we've helped our friends and family do it, we can do it for individuals. So it actually started with individuals. We created this really cool uh, framework called the Hierarchy of Purpose and we were taking people through all these deep questions about motivators, values, um, what fulfills them. And then we created a tangible action plan around it to bring it to life. So we did that for about two months. And then we were like, man, we could have bigger impact. Like, what else can we do? Nice. So, yeah. So we were really inspired by all these purpose-driven organizations. Uh, Apple, Etsy, Harley-Davidson, uh, Tom's, uh, Ben & Jerry's. Yep. We were like, I think we can create a world of purpose-driven organizations. If we could do it with people and for small businesses, we could do it for the big guys. So now we created this framework called the Purpose First Framework that begins with that authentic communication. And then there's values and purpose and then there's strategic alignment. So we take companies through a three or six month journey to start infusing purpose into every single thing they do to become a fully transformed purpose-driven organization. Yeah, and that's almost like a certification where they're purpose-driven. I could see people going, hey, this is who we are. Is that kind of the path they go down? Yep, that's nice. that's. The, uh, what we want to do in the next one to two years, create a whole certification sure. process. They can get that purpose stamp. So I'm going to put you on the spot, Alex and Tom, <laughs> if you're out there listening. So how do you guys make sure that you're always doing things with purpose? I mean, you know, yes, you are providing people with these answers and helping them create purpose in their own lives and workforce. But sometimes we forget that we have to continue to do that for ourselves. Yeah. How do you guys keep doing it? So we are each other's therapists and accountability partners. <laughs> I hear that. Sure. I've, got a, I've got a couple of those. <laughs> so we're together, I mean, every single day and we catch each other um, because, you know, I'm human. I make slips. I might make assumptions. I might be living in fear um, and he catches me. And what's really cool is we're creating tools for people and organizations, but we can use our, our own tools ourselves. Yeah. So all the tools and the mental models that we create, I use them every single day. Um, I have a lot of uh, structures in place, so I write in my planner. I write in a, something I call a manifest journal. So nice. every single Sunday, I talk about in this journal I created, what do I want to manifest for that week and how am I going to do it? I like so the manifest kind of, journal because the journal sounds, I don't like the name, just oh, I'm going to write in my journal, but I could write in a manifest journal. A manifest journal, yeah. So that's actually going to be one of our purpose products that Very we cool. wrote. Very cool, nice. Yeah, manifest journal. So it's really just about 
utilizing the tools. I, I'm very aware around um, my defenses and my fears, so I have the tools in place that keep me in check and keep me accountable. But the key is just having another human being to go, hey, or you know, are you doing your thing or what's going on? So Tom is definitely that person for me. Very cool. It's good that you have a partner in crime. Yeah, he totally is. <laughs> where, where do you guys see Purpose Pioneers in 10 years? I always like to make business owners and, and even students that we meet with and talk to is to really visualize what that looks like in 10 years. And, and that's a lifetime for technology. Um, yeah. And, you know, you go back 20, 30 years ago, some of the business um, books, they're still very valid today. So what do you hope Purpose Pioneers looks like in 10 years? Man. Okay. So really quick, I want to talk about a concept before I answer that question yep. by Peter Diamandis. So he is all about abundance and abundance mentality. And he talks about in his podcast, think about what you can do in a year and then 10 exit. So we're already living by that. And so this year we are going to roll out purpose products. Um, we want to write a book, actually two books. Um, we're going to start doing e-learning courses and we're already started rolling out workshops. Cool. So it's a tough question. Yeah, like, I know, right? What are we going to be doing in 10 years? I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> right. But really what I see in 10 years is a hell of a lot of purpose driven organizations. That's really my vision. Um, but it's having these big, big workshops. We want to double down on both our workshops and our client engagements. We want to get our workshops up to like Tony Robbins style. He's a huge inspiration to us. Um, and we have a lot of mental models and we bring a lot of energy to the room. So I think we can get these workshops really big. Um, we want to have a lot of books. We want to be talking with, you know, other purpose driven leaders, yeah. maybe get on, uh, you know, we want to do a, a conference. We want to have the uh, Purpose Sphere conference. Very That's cool. our play on atmosphere. Um, I don't know. Maybe traveling the world. Yeah. Maybe I'll have a flying car. Who knows? Well, and I think yeah, we've been waiting for that. I, you know, and I think what I like about this is that it doesn't necessarily have to relate to business because there can be purpose in just about everything, yes. um, and it's all the same. Which is kind of what you're talking about: is you're the same person as you are at work, um, that you're outside of work. If you have purpose in life and purpose in your in your work, it, I mean, that works out pretty well. Exactly. So I want to talk, and I, I know your answer to this because I think you just work, um, and to, so I, I already know what it's going to be. But there's got to be a time, especially in our connected world, where you know we we could, and it sounds like you could work all day long, no problem, because you love what you do. Yep. Um, but there's got to be a point where you shut it off um, because we've got to do things outside of there, and I'm sure that's part of your purpose plan as well. How yeah. do you do that? How do you disconnect? And I don't like work life balance because I don't think that exists. Um, mm -hmm. or I don't want it to exist. How, I mean, really, I, I'd rather it not. Um, but how do you then make sure that you're doing things for you that Alex needs to make sure that she can get up and have a purpose-driven Tuesday? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love that. I mean, that question, it's all about mindfulness and, sure. and really listening to yourself. So what I do is I really listen to my body. Um, I'm getting more in tune with my body and my mind, and I know when I'm overworking myself. Yeah. And I'm just getting like, man, I'm drained and my brain is like short fusing. <laughs> I'm using it too hard. So I, I'm really just getting more in touch with my body and I'll take a break. Um, I really like to scrapbook and I'm currently doing a vision board right now. So I might do some arts and crafts. I might just chill out and watch some Netflix. And maybe sometimes I just really need to veg out because I'm using my brain like hardcore every single day. I think mine's going to explode uh, and just stop yeah. working. I kind of hope it does. I just <laughs> want it to turn off for a while. That'd be great. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I just listen to my body and, and 
I'm, I'm trying on not feeling guilty when I want to take a break. Because oh, I'm I know. Isn't that the worst? Yeah. Like, do you experience that? Like, oh, I'm just like, man. All, t- all the time. It's like, if I'm not working, I'm losing money. Yeah. That's how I feel. I'm like, man, if I'm not working, like I could do all this stuff right now. So I'm trying on not being so hard on myself, like that self-critic inside. And I'm just taking a break. And yeah, I might be doing some arts and crafts. It might be just vegging out or maybe just, you know, hanging out with Tom and, and not focusing on work and just having fun and being silly. But I think the key is mindfulness, just listening to your body and not feeling guilty. Yeah, I sit there and watch a few Netflix shows and I'm watching like episode two, like right in a row or three, and I'm starting to feel guilty. Like, I bet other CEOs don't do this. <laughs> like, I know, that's right? such a terrible feel, way to look at it. I feel the same way. Uh, but yeah, like, we are our hardest critics. And oh, if we can release that, then it, it's just so much better. Yeah. So let's talk about mistakes. Because as we were talking a little bit off air before, as you know, I, I really... You know, we've made some mistakes, nothing too huge, but, you know, we made one yesterday that, you know, we shouldn't have made and it just, it happened and it was just something that we could easily fix. We're not going right. to let that happen again. The We're going to change the process and fix and work on the process that led us to that. Um, so I think they're important. Um, what are some mistakes that you guys made early on that you've since fixed or are still working on? Great question. So, and I feel like for any, you know, CEOs listening, you know, CEOs, visionaries, you know, head in the clouds, but for a really good reason, always ideating, always thinking big. And that actually got in the way for both Thomas and I. Sure. So in the very beginning, we were thinking so, 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 so big and creating all of these offerings um, around this huge vision and no one was latching onto it and we weren't actually seeing who was right in front of us. So we created this like really long, year-long engagement and people are just like, what? Like, <laughs> I, I really want what you have. Can you create a, you know, a service for me? And we were like, huh, you know what? Yeah, we can because clearly we're not listening to the people talking to us. So the biggest thing I think is not getting caught up in the clouds and all yeah. these big visions. It's good to have those. Write them down, you know, in your idea book or in your manifest journal. Mm-hmm. But Listen to the customers and the people saying, hey, I want what you have, but you don't have it in a way that I can, you know, digest it. What do you think about this? So we are always constantly ideating and getting feedback from our customers or potential customers and working around them. Yeah. And I think if you, you know, we've done that too, where, Hey, what if we offered this or what if we did this or what if we took on this new product and and decided to do this without really stepping back and going, Hey, you know, what's working Um, that we have right now and how can we make it better or what's not working that we still offer and how do we fix that and so uh, we were doing that I was doing I say we I was doing that I was always (laughs) looking for hey let's do this let's start this company let's do this and now that we've got this machine built up a little bit is I think we need to just focus on what we're doing today um, and still think about those things and we're going to do them but not until everything else is running like a fine-tuned machine Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I love that you said fine tune machine. That's what we're working towards now. We're finally getting out of like the hard knocks of a startup phase. Yeah. And we're and we're putting our processes in place. And I always tell Tom, I'm like, I want to if I can't come into work for a week, I want this bad boy to run as if I was still here. So yeah. we're, we're, we're working towards that. And that really leads me perfectly into the next question, because I want to know about that. And I really want to give some advice to because that's as you grow. You know, no one's going to be as passionate as you about the business. Um, Mm -hmm. You would like to think there are people that are close, but really at the end of the day, no one's going to be exactly as passionate as you. So how do you, as you grow, make sure that, you know, maybe you have 20 employees and make sure that one employee that just started has that sense. and, And when you're not there, the other people that can manage and run the business are still doing 
what the business should be doing and what that manifesto, I guess, is. Yeah. is. So how do you make sure that that happens and trickles down? Because gosh, when you get to 50, 100, 200, 300, you know, 500 employees, it's got to be difficult. I know. I'm definitely, I'm definitely having some fear around that sure. since we're only a few of us right now. Yeah. But we're definitely growing, so it, it's really good to think about that. But I think it comes down to those purpose processes. So something that we love, we do it every week, is our purpose ownership meetings. So within our Monday meetings, going over all the stuff that we're, you know, we're doing, um, we have some, you know, we have a good 10 to 15 minutes of, you know, are we still, are we making decisions rooted in our values and purpose? Um, Was there a tough decision that came up and, you know, we need to work around it? Are we still living in our purpose? Um, Are you still happy in your position? Um, And using that framework or, or kind of that structure of a meeting allowed us to move one of our uh, business partners to a different part of our company because she wasn't. She was not fulfilled in the in the spot that she was in. And the second we, you know, use authentic communication to resolve it, we put her where she wants to be, That's and she is thriving. Yeah, she right. is doing amazing. So I think it's it's revisiting and it's asking these questions every single week. Yeah, and how you know, let's go back to purpose and how you find it. Because what I'm starting to think about is I, you know, I'm trying to figure out what our purpose is. You know, at our company mm-hmm. at Michigan Creative, and I'm starting to think that well. I, you know, I think the purpose is, is that I want my employees to have really good jobs and never have to go anywhere and be super happy and, and get paid well to do it. But I don't know if that's quite enough. So when somebody's out there going, what is my purpose? You know, mm-hmm. because a lot of business owners, well, my purpose is to not go in the black um, yeah. and, and to pay our bills and make sure our employees get paid and make sure nothing blows up by the end of the day. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's a lot of people's yeah. purpose. As long as nothing explodes <laughs> by the end of the day, we're doing pretty good. But I don't think that's what purpose is. So how do you find it? Yeah, that's a really great question. So I think, yeah, and, and you're totally right. All those things, those are just, those are wants. Like, sure. You know, I don't want my company to blow up. I, I want to make <laughs> yeah, money. That would be I bad, wanna, yeah. Our yeah, purpose that, is only do not, <laughs> do not set the office on fire. Good. We're good today. Everything's good. No fires. Let's go. Great purpose. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's, and we think about this every day because a lot of people ask us this question and mm-hmm. I think it boils down to, you have to think about what do you love? And when you think about those things that you love, then boil it down to what gets me excited? What gives me those doses of oxytocin and yeah. serotonin? Like I know when I think about um, when I think about purpose and unlocking people's potential and creating purposeful communities, my I get goosebumps. So think about those things that make you so excited and things that you love to the point that it gives you, you know, a, a physical reaction and that, that gives you an opportunity to be like, man, I might really love this. Right. And then immerse yourself in those things that you love. So, for example, when I was finding my purpose, I really loved business communities, going to meetups, going to events, being surrounded by like-minded people. And I would just get jolts of, of serotonin. Like, and I'm like on the bouncing off the walls, right. talking really fast. It just got me so excited. So it's figuring out what you love, looking for that physical body reaction, and then immersing yourself in those things you love to validate that, yeah, I, I can do this for you know a good amount of time. And then boom, that's, I mean, those three things, that's how I, how I figured out my purpose, that I wanna be, create purposeful communities where people feel like they belong and that they can create real human connection. And then once I found it, it was, it was living in it, aligning all of my thoughts, feelings, and actions with it, manifesting what I really want in life, and then creating an action plan around it. So I think Alex, if, and I'm going to speak for you here. Hope that's okay. But at the at the end of the day, you know, to me, what I imagine for you is that when you are done with a workshop or when you're done working with a client, and then you get to go back and say, and they say to you, look, look at all 
this this is gonna sound really dumb look at all this purpose all over the place it's on the walls it's well that's not purpose but um you, you can but they say look at this this is what our employees feel like and this is the statements that we created uh, and, and this is what purpose has done for us i mean to me that's got to be what you get most satisfaction out of you are completely right so yesterday like i said we had that we had an eight-hour client engagement with the entire leadership team. Cool. I mean, there were hugs and tears at the end. <laughs> I, love I it. mean, me, me, Thomas, and I were hugging and crying in the middle of our clients doing an activity. It's, it's so fulfilling to see people unlock their potential and start living a life that they really want to live. It's what they want. It's what nobody else wants. It, yeah. it moves me to tears, and I think about it, and I'm like, man, this is what I get to do, and I get to make a sustainable living off of it, like. This is too good to be true. It's it's crazy, but yeah, it's seeing other people live in their purpose and unlock their potential and be truly fulfilled at the core. That's all I need. Yeah, <laughs> and that, you know that for us was, and that same thing happened to us. And we, you know, when we're recording, we do a lot of video and we tell a lot of stories. And and one of the stories that we were telling was for a nonprofit medical place that people could go to if they didn't have enough insurance and. You know, Siobhan, who's our head of video over here, her and I were recording. I was interviewing the person. She was running the camera. And, oh, it was mm -hmm. a terrible story. And it was just, she's in tears. The the person we're interviewing is in tears. I'm in tears. Siobhan's in tears. And then we're editing it. And then, but the end of it was really positive. And it was like, without this place, I, you know, I wouldn't be here. And, and we both looked at each other and go, you know what? I, I'm really glad we do what we do. Yeah. And so that for us was a really, you know, although it was really terrible at first, it still allowed us. And it was great because we were showing it at a fundraising dinner for this company and we wanted right. everybody else to be in tears so they'd write checks. So <laughs> <We're> <laughs> I love it. But yeah. that, that leads me to a great point. Vulnerability yeah. and empathy, those for, you know, you were saying before all the, the 50, 60, they're like, oh God, creating space yeah. into communication. That sounds horrible. Yeah. But in the world we live in now and how things are changing in our workplace and economy, vulnerability and empathy are tools to not only create more powerful bonds and human connection, but to increase your bottom line. I promise it. I've seen it work literally firsthand. Yeah. And just to let employees know that at the very least you're there to listen and can get it. I think that yep. means uh, so much. I mean, and to be able to do that is not that hard. It's really just about listening. And um, yeah, so it's not as hard and, and as fluffy as, as we're making it sound, <laughs> I think. It's so not. It's, and, it, and one of my favorite lines is, once you do the hard thing, everything gets easier. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So yeah. Alex, I know you don't have any faults personally, but if you did, <laughs> what are some <laughs> things that you have to put yourself in check? Oh man, some things I have to put myself in check. Um, hmm. I'm definitely hard on myself. Yep. I used to be a perfectionist and now I'm, you know, I'm trying to release that because uh, you know, I'm I like to reaffirm myself and say, "You know what? I am passionate. I am purposeful. I am valuable. What I'm doing is is awesome and I can do it. I am competent." So I, I have to get rid of my self-critic. So I, I check myself and, and start taking credit more often yep. instead of saying, man, I didn't get this done today. I, instead, I change the narrative and go, you know what? I set out for this goal. This is what I got done. I'm going to take credit for that and I'm going to try harder tomorrow. Yeah, it's and one of those things that help, you... It's that self-love. Right. One of those things that you don't want to get rid of either because if you weren't hard on yourself a little bit, you probably wouldn't get anything done. So there's a fine... There's a balance. It's a balance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's exactly. a balance to everything. Yeah, so... I think that's another thing too, checking myself with balance. Like I said, I mean, I, I might be in my co-working space for 12 to 14 hours and 
I'd rather just kind of balance it out to not to not run myself down mentally yeah. or physically. So, yeah, it's that self-love, getting releasing that self-critic and and making sure there's just a balance in, in everything I do. Yeah, and it's funny because we were talking to a lot of CEOs and entrepreneurs and two things that always come up, really three, and, and one of them that you talked about today, but was writing in a journal, which mm-hmm. sounded to me really silly, um, but you know, it, it really helps and it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be anything list driven. Exercise, eating well, and meditating. And the meditating piece for me was like, Ugh. you know, I kind kind of always exercise, but I can't tell you how important that is. And then the meditation piece in the morning, mm-hmm. I can tell and I can feel a difference of just waiting five minutes, waiting ten minutes before you do anything else, and just sitting there and thinking and and really setting yourself up for a good day. And it sounded really fluffy and stupid, honestly, to me six seven years ago, but I can tell a difference when we do it. Really? You know, Tom has been pushing me to start meditating. So I yeah, think he may have just sold me. <laughs> I think and there's this app and you know, and I don't do it all the time. I know like I did it two days ago and I could tell a difference. And there's this one that I use called Headspace on my phone and it's ten minutes yep. and you can do specific ones. So I always do productivity and there's another one on there too, because I, I, I you know, I'm not very good at setting down and doing a task. And so I want to make sure yeah. that I get better at that. And it helps. I mean, it really gets you focused. And it just allows you to sit there for 10 minutes and not have to really think, which is good. I, I love that. that. Yeah, it's cool. Tom, Tom might be mad that he wasn't the one that convinced me to download ha, Headspace, but you were. <laughs> I'll email Tom later, say ha. <laughs> hey, everybody. This week's episode is also sponsored by Freshwater Apparel. Check out freshwaterapparel.com. That's freshwaterapparel.com. And check out their spring collection of T-shirts and Soon, beanies are going to be on the way. We love these guys over at Freshwater. It's a Midwest clothing company, and they make all their products in Lansing, Michigan, and the shirts are 100% made in America, so you can't beat that. So if you love Freshwater like we do here at Michigan Creative, you should definitely check out their site. Lots more coming, but right now they have t-shirts and tanks for both men and women. Like I said before, beanies are coming, stickers, all that stuff. So check out freshwaterapparel.com and get fresh. Back to the show. So we're again, we're here with Alex Agresta from Purpose Pioneers. And Alex, let's get to our quick questions here before we get to the end. And I'm a former teacher, and so I used to pass out cheesy quotes, and I still do that to this very day. Give us a quote you love. When you make a decision, the universe conspires to make it happen by Ralph Emerson. Talk about that for a minute, because it sounds like I'm just going to do this and it's going to happen. But why does that matter? Yeah. So it all ties back to manifesting. Mm -hmm. I'm a big believer in the law of attraction and manifesting because I've seen it happen with me and my loved ones and my clients and everyone in between. So if you really want something, you must manifest that you will get it and think that you will get it because then your thoughts, actions, feelings will align with it. And you'll start to see it coming to life because you're naturally doing things that align with what you want. So if I put a decision, if I say, um, you know, I want that, I want to work with, uh, universal studios. Um, that's actually something I'm manifesting right now, actually (laughs) for the record, (laughs) if I want to work with them, I, you know, I'm first, I'm going to write it in my manifest journal. And then I'm going to just start thinking about it and and envisioning what it might look like, what it might feel like, what I need to do. And then naturally my actions are going to start aligning with that because I'm embedding it in the front of my brain. It's, It's top of mind. So I'm living in abundance when I'm manifesting. So I'm not thinking scarcely. I'm thinking abundantly. And then I'm putting it out there. 
And this is another cool thing. The only language the universe knows is abundance. It only knows how to give you in abundance. True. So when I put that abundance mentality out there with, with this decision, mm -hmm. the universe is going to grace me back with it. And then it, then it could happen. <laughs> I love that. It's very existential. No, yeah. no. So here, here's what we're going to do for all those people that are rolling your eyes right now. And I want you to stop is Alex, when you get Universal Studios, I want you to send me a picture with you working with them and I'm going to put it on the website. Be like, oh, ha ha, it works. Yes, manifesting works. <laughs> I will definitely do that Good. because, yes, I will get Universal Studios. <laughs> and, and they're going to go, shit, I should have done that. <laughs> Give me a book that I'm going to read more than the first 20 pages. Ooh, The Purpose Economy, tying in purpose. Hmm. So it's by Aaron Hurst. It is the best $14 that I have ever spent. It is this incredible human being out on the West Coast. He's been studying purpose in the workplace for a good 20 years. And he built up a multi-billion dollar uh, nonprofit organization where people were doing, were doing pro bono work wow. because it was so purposeful and meaningful to them. So he writes all about purpose in the workplace and he coins this economy called the purpose economy, which we are currently in. And in the purpose economy, the most valuable currency is meaning. People want meaning yep. because we're climbing up that high, Maslow's hierarchy of needs and we are in self-actualization right now, fulfilling our own potential. Yeah, they so, do. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So he talks about the purpose economy, how things are changing, how we can keep up with the trends. So it might be really good for, you know, CEOs of all ages to just stay ahead and see what's going on and see what what the economy is going to look like in five to ten years. So I want you to manifest right now. So in a year when we do the business machine again, um, and we have you on the show again in a year or less, um, the business book I want you to say is your favorite is the one that you and your partner wrote. Oh man, Brian, you're awesome. <laughs> it's gonna I work. love it. It's going to work. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about dinner. If you could eat uh, dinner with and have dinner, sorry, if you could have dinner with any business owner or any person alive or dead, who would it be? Okay, so dead, Steve Jobs. Yeah, that would be He's, amazing. Yeah, oh man. If I could spend even a minute with Steve Jobs, he is so inspirational. Um, and then alive, uh, it's a toss-up. Simon Sinek and Tony Robbins. I can't choose. I love yeah. them both. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I like about, I mean, Simon Sinek is great and that book is amazing. And, and what I really like about Tony Robbins is I remember when, and I'm much older than you, but I remember when his same message were on cassettes. Do you know what a cassette is? I do. Okay, good. But <laughs> they were on cassettes and you used to have to buy them and there was like 20 of them. Yep. Um, and he's still doing it today and it still works. And he's changed, of course, but he's still out there. And I think people forget that Tony Robbins is still out there. You know, they think he was back. Gosh, he's been doing this for I don't know how long, but I remember those tapes 20 years ago. Yeah, he's been doing it for 20, 30 years. Yeah. We're actually going to Tony Rob Thomas and I are going to Tony Robbins Unleash the Power Within in March. No, I am that's gonna so be amazing. Excited. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be life changing. Maybe I can uh, grab him, go to dinner then. Yeah, do it. <laughs> Just ask him. Manifest. Write that down. Take a break. Yep, manifesting that too. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably gonna work. It could. <laughs> So very before we get to the last question here, somebody's listening to this and they're like, you know what? I just want to see what this is about. Um, how do I figure out this and how do I best get in touch with Purpose Pioneers? So we are big on Facebook. We do a Facebook live show every single Monday uh, where we talk about purpose-driven business with leaders who are doing it right now. Um, so you can hear a lot of different perspectives beyond just mine or Purpose Pioneers. So Facebook is a great way to get in contact with us. Shoot us a Facebook message. What time um, also, do you guys do the Facebook live? 
every Monday, 1230 Eastern Standard Time on okay. our Purpose Pioneers Facebook page. Okay, cool. And that's a public page, not a group? Yep, it's a public right. page. So, awesome. yep, anyone can tune in. Uh, it's called Manifest Monday. All right, I like it. <laughs> yep. Um, and then, of course, email. We're revamping our website. So, uh, there'll be a lot of goodies around purpose in the workplace, purpose in life, purpose driven business on there. Um, right, and then cool. email. I'm a big emailer. So, yeah. uh, you know, I invite anyone to, to shoot me an email if you just want to talk or find out more. If you're, or if you're a little skeptical and want to find out more, I'm, I would love to chat. Good. And we'll put all this in the show notes too. So you guys can link up to that and all the books and every great purposeful thing we talked about today. And maybe even to get a manifest journal. I think that would be really cool. That's something that I definitely yeah. would purpose. I just love that word. And it's funny that you call it that because we have, I'm not a rule person here and I don't have manuals and my staff is making me do it eventually, but <laughs> our rules are called our manifesto and, and it's just a manifesto that what we believe in and, and yep. what we believe in as Michigan creative. And that's kind of our rules. So I love the word manifesto. I think it's really cool. Yeah. It's one of my favorite words. Top three purpose, community, manifest. <laughs> yeah. Purpose better be in there. Oh yeah. It's I was going to give you a hard time if it wasn't. Yeah. Good. It's number one. Good. <laughs> All right, Alex, last question, and, and this is always a doozy, but what do you think or, or what do you hope your legacy, Alex's legacy, will be? Oh, man, you're making me go even beyond 10 years. You're deep already. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so I hope my legacy, you know, I really want to be a voice uh, for not only the world, but for my generation that unlocking your, your potential and living a purposeful life the way that you want to is 100% possible. And I hope to just be a small piece of this beautiful world that we get to live in and creating a more purposeful, intentional world, really. Well, that would be amazing. Thank you so much for that. And thank you for your time today. We ended exactly two minutes before 11. So I appreciate you coming on our show today. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. It was, it was really great chatting with you and getting Good. to know you more. Yeah, I can't wait. We'll uh, definitely be in touch. Perfect. I look forward to it. And that was Alexandria Agresta, who is Purpose Pioneers, and she believes in purposeful communities and creating purpose in your life. And it can be done, and it is necessary to be done. And you can all get journals and write things in there, and they're just going to come. They're just going to magically come. <laughs> and Alex, if they don't, she said that she will make them come for you. So, But really, we do appreciate her having on there, and we all need purpose in everything that we do. And I think it can be done in the smallest and in the largest organizations. So definitely check out Purpose Pioneers. They're a great group doing great things for companies all over the country. So again, you guys, thank you so much for being on here. I'm excited that we're back. I'm hoping you're getting a lot from this. If you want to be on the show or you have a great guest for us, let us know. You know how to find us at businessmachine.show. And remember, a great leader makes everyone around him or her better than they are. Thanks, guys. We'll see you on the next one.